You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the podcast that bitches way too much about comic book movies. I'm your host, Pogues, and I'm joined by Oscorp and St. Rat Disposer, Ben Chet. Thank you. Thank you. Another quality catchphrase for me. Moniker, what do you want to call it? We'll go with, yeah, probably Moniker's better. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, as everyone listening hopefully knows, you saw our post on Facebook. The original recording for this show is lost for all time. Ugh! Uh, yeah, it was a good episode. We'll try to recapture some of the magic. Uh, it was our first four-guest or four-person show. One of the guests couldn't make it back, but we are rejoined by our resident Spider-Man expert, Chris Doom. How you doing? Uh, doing good. Uh, <laughs> glad to be back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, apologies for making you come back to re-record something. Uh, <laughs> A week later. Don't, yeah. don't worry, I wrote down all the jokes we made, so if any of them don't land, I'll just attribute them to somebody else. Oh, good, excellent. Yeah. We're just going to be reading the script. Yeah. <laughs> that um, Spider-Man was so bad. How bad was it? There we go. Way to hit your lines, man. <laughs> I don't even actually have an end to that joke. <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited to talk about Sam Raimi's initial creation, um... I know we talked about this a couple of times on previous podcasts, but honestly, if you were to ask me what kicked off superhero movies for me, it's this movie. It's Spider-Man. I know X-Men and Blade, you know, become chronologically before and everything, but this is like the superhero phenomenon start point for me. Yeah, and I mean, even just for just the rest of the world, I mean, if you want to talk about like, just financially, this movie set records for like... You know, just like box office, um, you know, income. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Uh, So, yeah, it's first day box office um, earnings is like, uh, it was a world record record setter. Yeah. Actually, Spider-Man 2 then beat that record, and then Spider-Man 3 then beat that record. Really? So all all the movies, they just stepped it up. I I mean, those records have been blown out of the water at this point, but like all three movies in this franchise set a world record. Wow. So Spider-Man, Spider-Man 1's like the crappy younger brother, and Spider-Man yeah. 3 is like the brother that became a doctor. No, well, no, Spider-Man 3, 3 <laughs> only made, like, oh. made all of its money that first weekend, I think, and then people were like, this movie's bad. Yeah, because I, I think everyone's just like, oh yeah, Spider-Man, I like those movies. And then, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was too late. What could go wrong? Yeah. It's not like Spider-Man's gonna do a jazz dance sequence. Anyway, let's go, guys. Ah, uh, so good. Uh, I'm not gonna, we're gonna do the buy the numbers real quick, but we're not gonna play the game because my guests know the answers, so oh. a bunch the budget for this film was $139 million. As uh, Chris pointed out, it was the first film to ever gross $100 million in its opening weekend. The overall U.S. domestic gross for this film is $403 million. This puts it number six on, the, on our list of top-grossing comic book movie adaptions. If we adjust it for inflation, it goes to seven. I know Chris asked me last time what movie pushed it down. Still didn't look it up, Chris. Still (laughs) didn't look it up. Because I just remembered remembered what happened this second. But is it any good, Pogues? That's that's what I want to know. What, is this movie any good? Yeah. It's literally all we have. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, In my opinion, I actually enjoy this movie quite a bit. It's not, like, great. But is it for a superhero movie, I think it probably nails comic book films better than any other movie to, like, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I think I, it just has the right feel. Yeah, and, I mean, like, for me, I 
was surprised how much I liked this movie when I went back and watched it for this recording. Um, as I said last time, of all the Spider-Man movies, and I'm going to keep saying, like I said last time, keep saying like it, it matters. Um, like I said last time, though, uh, this is the movie of all five theatrical Spider-Man releases that I've probably seen the least. Although, I've probably still seen this one more than both of you guys combined. <laughs> Are you bragging about that? But I'm more excited to talk about this fucking obnoxious goddamn intro to Spider-Man. Real quick, we gotta do Ben's, uh, Ben's idea, which is, what's our, what's our connections to Spider-Man? We'll start with our guest, since he's, he's a resident expert. Um, yeah, so... Well, I think expert's a little generous. Well, um, I, I'm pretty sure you have a Spider-Man tattoo somewhere. I haven't proved it, but I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that you do. I No comment. Uh, uh, tramp stamp? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would say, say just so. The, the spider symbol just <laughs> yeah, right in the small yeah, of my right back. A, wow. a little web going down. But Spider-Man, that's... Um, um, so Spider-Man, yeah. Uh, he is my number one superhero, like, you know, franchise. Um... I love pretty much everything they've done for him. Like, all the animated series. Like, I may not, like, I may recognize that they're bad, Mm -hmm. but I still always enjoyed watching them. Uh, The Peter Parker character is just, like, a character that, uh, when I was, like, a teenager, when I first started really getting into Spider-Man, just was very relatable to me at the time, and then I kind of grew with that, and, like, the movies actually started coming out when I was, like, 18. So kind of, like, you know... The movie's about him going from high school to college. I was going from high school to college. like So it was just kind of mashed up with a lot of things I had going so on in my you're life. So you're trying to say that you're Peter Parker? I, I am Peter Parker, <laughs> indeed. I Whoa, what exclusive. <laughs> um, exclusive. No, and I mean, like, right now, we're going to tear apart this movie, and it's going to hurt me a little bit. Yeah. Because, like... Oh, it will. You know, again, even the bad Spider-Man, like, and even though, like, I want to be like, I get it, guys, it's, it wasn't great, but but come on, come on, guys, let's, oh. let's just cut him some slack, guys. I, I've got four separate hey, notes on, about man. Peter Parker's dick in here, so get, yeah. just, get, just get, buckle in. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> but to that point, um, uh, uh, about Peter Parker, I mean, I feel like most classic superheroes have these big themes at play. You know, Batman's got this, you know, you know revenge or redemption and, and uh, becoming surpassing what like you know you think you can be and becoming an icon um, and, and then Superman similarly in that same vein but with like the just you know good and you know, yeah. evil and, 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 and man versus what you know superhuman so so with Spider-Man like what are the what are those themes that like that drive that drive you to like it so much I mean just kind of the idea of like I don't know I mean for it's very much like this puberty tale of just like He's growing up, he's deciding who he wants to be as a person, going through all these changes, and he's fighting Don't worry, Ben's these... going to cover that puberty angle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big time. Um, yeah. Um, but so... Um, sorry, I'm kind of... I thought about all this last week, and I'm kind of blanking this week. <laughs> but, but, but for me, um, for me with Spider-Man, I mean, you're dealing with, uh, uh, yeah, that, that sort of, like, youth, like absence of knowledge like but 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 deciding to be the sole like savior of new york i mean obviously he works with like daredevil and stuff whatever but i mean he becomes this like iconic like i I take care of new york even though as he ages he's still sort of seen as sort of like the young buck like superhero he's like the young guy who never quite 
knows what he's doing. He's always almost improvising his strategy. Mm-hmm. I, I really like that. I think that is what draws a lot of readers to him, is that he's this down-to-earth hero. You know, Superman, yeah. Superman's like a god. He's like held aloft. He's well, got he, this yeah. code that he brought with him in like the first editions of the comic. Mm-hmm. And Spider-Man's like, uh, I'm in high school. You know, like yeah. I was going to say, he might be... He might be Marvel's first like street level character because I mean, mm. Batman technically like is, a, is yeah. technically a street level character, but he's in the Justice League and he has you know he's such an iconic character that he doesn't really fit you know like Daredevil, Punisher, Spider Man. Those are characters that don't like their stories usually focus on they're trying to stop crime. You know, Spider Man's not. Yeah, they're stopping muggings and they're and, yeah. and they're right. The other thing that I always really liked about him, um, as opposed to a lot of the other characters, that they, as superheroes, focus so much around the crime fighting. Like, they are vigilantes. Yeah. Um, versus he is the actual superhero. He's not about just only stopping bad guys. He just wants to go out and do good. Right. Like Whatever that happens to or, be. Yeah. But I think to, to the, what, what we're all kind of saying about it is that, that Spider-Man is one of the few heroes that exhibits a measure of vulnerability. Uh, that being said, this is a movie about Spider-Man. Uh, and they didn't quite nail it, but I think they did a pretty good job. First, real quick, I just want to run through a couple things that we did organically last time that I don't feel like doing organically this time. Uh, <laughs> the the, uh, the two-timer log... Kirsten Dunst appears in the Crow sequel, Salvation, which I did look up. It is the sequel. And the guy who plays the mugger who shoots Uncle Ben is uncredited in like five comic book movies, including Dark Knight Rises, The Amazing Spider-Man, Jonah Hex, and The Ang Lee Hulk. Must know somebody. It's weird that he kept getting work and for some reason could not get credit for it. He must know somebody, but not like a director. He knows yeah. like a guy who works in the cast. He knows, yeah, like craft services or something. <laughs> yeah, he knows someone in craft services. Well, it's so weird because, I mean, to be like uncredited. Anyway. And there was one correction from our mini-episode, which was uh, J. Jonah Jameson is not an Amazing Spider-Man 1 or 2. I knew it! But is is voiced in most of the cartoons by J.K. Simmons, so... That's amazing. Which we're we're huge fans of. Yeah, I think we all agree that he is the best performance. Yeah. There's other people that deliver good performances. Like, he's not the only good performance, but he's... The best hands, hands down the best. And probably yeah. some of the best casting in a superhero movie. Maybe even in all the way up until like Yeah. Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark. Like I mean I'll accept he's just perfect. I'll accept arguments about Toby Maguire because I certainly have no reason to defend him necessarily. I don't really hate him or anything. But the rest of this movie is cast just absolutely perfectly, I think. Per- uh, honestly, I could I couldn't think of a better dream cast. Uh, Couldn't you? Movie. Really? I couldn't. Defoe is the... Is, is you couldn't the... think of someone better for Mary Jane? Okay. You got me there. The director himself is, like, the, the owner of, like, a gigantic collection of pure Silver Age comics, so it's no mm-hmm. wonder that it comes that yeah, out this way. that's one of the reasons Sony went after Sam Raimi, who I, I think probably most people know for Evil, Evil Dead, Dead yeah. Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness. Anyways, the point is this. That opening is real bad of this movie. Yeah. It beats Batman for most boring opening sequence in which I feel like they show people's names three or four times. Like, I feel like they showed the casting director at least twice in that thing. I don't know if it's true, but every time I looked up, I was like, wow, the credits are still going, huh? Well, and and to set the scene for someone who hasn't watched the film or hasn't watched it recently, I mean, you've got a five-minute 
like orchestral. Like who's the uh, composer? Well, it's, yeah, it's Danny Elfman, who also yeah. composed the the score for the Batman movie. Yeah, this, this is this is uh, yeah. He, he's he's here. He's playing this incredible soundtrack. I don't like like the visual that much, but it's a great fucking song. It's amping you up, and then we like. Do we, I think we just pan in on like a school bus. Well, it it goes to black. And then, and we, then there Pe- is... Then the uh, monologue starts. And then Peter's like... Uh, internal, like, or like narration. Powers are weird. Yeah. A weird voiceover in which <laughs> he's like, if somebody told you it was just an ordinary story, and I'm like, what's going on? Like, it's just very Who's- surprising. I usually don't see movies start with narration. Also, especially films that don't have it ever again in the movie until the very end. Who's telling you it's an ordinary story? Who's opening with, okay, so there's this guy in New York, he's got spider powers. I mean, this is like an ordinary story, but like... Yeah. No, it's not! It's, it's a tale, not an ordinary story. It's a tale story. as old as time, Ben. <laughs> it certainly isn't. A song as old as rhyme. Also, Aunt, May's, Aunt May's telling the story. She's like, ah, oh, he's a real lamer. <laughs> also, he fucking, like, he refers to this whole story as being about a girl, which, if you know anything about Spider-Man, or about... Uh, about this movie, it's um kind of not at all. Like a girl, like a girl sure, sure is there. He's within within proximity of a girl at yeah. multiple times. But uh, I think it's more about the mutant transformation into a spider person than it is about a love Which story. Which only yeah. happens because he's taking pictures of a lady. <laughs> and I, yeah, and I've got to say, like the the love story aspect. I mean, it's 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 prominent, but it's probably the most boring part of this movie for me. It, I think they do it a lot better in the follow-ups. Yeah, like Spider-Man two and three. It, I think, like, and you needed this to build it up, right? Just, this is you know a lot of background backstory. All right, well let's let's get into this thing. So after this, uh, we see Peter Parker has to chase down the bus. There's a very neglectful bus driver. Uh, it's eventually stopped, and they are taken on a field trip to I think Columbia University. Where they arrive and their their teacher is talking to them, and two guys brought a hacky sack, which made me wonder what year this movie was filmed in because I don't remember those. And also, they're just throwing it back and forth, thus defeating the premise of a hacky sack. We also meet Flash Thompson, who I understand Flash Thompson's an actual character from the Spider-Man series. I, I recognize yes. him from all the other comics that I read. But gotta say, when he updates everything in the movie and leaves someone named Flash Thompson, it really stands out. We also roll up on uh, on Harry Osborn and Norman Osborn appearing for the first time in the film, and I don't know if it did it bother you how young uh, James Franco looked in this. I mean, obviously he technically was, yeah. but it freaked me out. I'm not even saying like right. in a no, flaw. I mean, it's, it's, it's a weirded me for out the movie we were watching. Yeah, no, totally. Um, just as a person, but just yeah. looking back, I'm like, it looked like a weird like inaccurate wax sculpture of James Franco. It freaked right. me out. And well, here's I, an interesting fact. That, he, that James Franco was actually made by the Henson Company. Oh! oh. I didn't read all the IMDb trivia, so... I yeah, that. well, I don't know how accurate that was. It, nobody <laughs> found it helpful, but I think <laughs> it was true. Don't fact-check that. <laughs> but also, in this scene, like, they try to establish the idea that, like, Norman sees something in Peter. But the dialogue here is really awkward, because basically... He says hi to Peter. Peter mentions nanomachines or nanorobotics. Just that word. Just by itself. And he said, I wrote a paper on it. And and Norman looks like he's about to kiss him. He's like, you understood it? You wrote a report on it? My yeah. God, you're going to be a genius scientist. <laughs> I'm more expecting him to be like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Maybe we should talk sometime. Like, no, yeah, but can I read like, it? Right. He's like ready to just like hug him. <laughs> uh, they're brought into this lab. 
at the Columbia University, which appears to be like in a rotunda, like a lobby of a building. Yeah, that's, I don't know why there's a microscope that's the size of a building in there. That's the world's greatest electron microscope in the lobby of a museum. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, it's just Absolutely. Like, this, like, it's like a big circle of pillars. I'm like, this is not conducive to working or walking around. I'm pretty sure there's a German family in the background looking for the gift shop at that, in that moment. <laughs> now, uh, this is where we're introduced and we're told all sorts of things about spiders, all of which are things that uh, the Asian doctor, who we'll call Dr. Exposition, Basically walks us through all of Parker's eventual powers, including the fact that some spiders have uh, precognition. Yeah, but I like this sequence because when you have to introduce a superhero, that's tough, man. Yeah, they did. They did a good job. But then what's awkward is Peter tells Harry that uh, some spiders can change colors to hide as a defensive method. Some. Yeah. Some spiders, yeah. <laughs> not Depending, this one, though, bro. Not, not whatever one fits Peter. But no. no, I mean, like, you're stuck with a superhero movie. You're stuck being like, okay, here are his powers. It's important that you know this because it's going to drive everything in the following scenes. So I like that they worked it into something that wasn't just Peter being like, my god, I'm strong. I can climb walls. I've got web. I've got spider sense. Like, I mean, but the, I will say that one thing that bothered me and is one of many points in this movie where they take a shit one step too fucking far is when she actually utters the word spider sense i just sort of like yeah that well i, I'm like, again, I know though, that's accurate but don't say it like you're I a scientist it, i think it had to be in there just because like they went to the studio and they were like precognition they were like i don't know what that means <laughs> like we're selling this to 12 year olds what 12 year old do you think knows what that means and then i found this out which was insane in the imdb trivia that that spider that he drops on the floor and runs away is a real life spider that they anesthetized and then painted red and blue in a film chock full of horrible CGI. They spent the time drugging a spider so they could paint it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's in the season for like what? Two seconds. Yeah, Cause the one that's crawling on his hand, 100% not a real spider. Yeah. Right. The one that crawls under a, de- I, I, mean, I imagine the guy painting that was just like the, the, the guy who loves Warhammer. Who's just like bringing yeah. all of his paints in. Like, really? Yeah. He's got really, his like, little like, Mike I was going to paint it anyways. <laughs> what is it? Magnifying glass. It's like attached to the table. He's just kind yeah. of around. He's got his little light and then just his tiny. He has like a really tiny little... rag with ether yeah. on it. Yeah, he's just like slowly putting it there. Sleep. Yeah. yeah. Sleep. <laughs> and then we cut over to Oscorp, Norman Osborne's business, where uh, the chief of like the, the def- head of the defense for the United States is there and all the board of directors and they're talking about their new strength-enhancing drug. And this uh, this general asks, how's it going? And uh, I think it's Dr. Strom is his name. Uh, he he basically is like real mousy in this scene. Like he's like, ah, you know, he's like really like over the top about like being like, well. And he tells him that they had a problem with one of the tests. Yeah. And it led to violence, anger, and insanity in rats. And I want to be the like the doctor they brought in to be like, can you tell if these rats are insane for us? Like, can you give them like a Warshak test and just let right. us know? Yeah, that drove me like crazy when I was watching. I'm like, yeah, it's like how how do you diagnose insanity in a rat? Like, what what is the baseline that you you go from? Yeah. Um, is it like well, it ran from the cat we had. <laughs> totally in, not insane. It told me this conspiracy theory about nine eleven. I think it's pretty insane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we gave it our Netflix password, yeah. and it just kept watching those documentaries. 
Now, after we find that out, we're told that there's another company that's going to be testing an exoskeleton. So Norman needs to rush into testing. He's given two weeks. Now, later in the a little bit later, we'll be told that it'll take two weeks to find a volunteer and get a medical staff. Yeah. I feel like that cannot t- possibly take two weeks. Like, well, the other thing is they, they have a like, medical staff already, so I, all they need is just some guy who works there. Yeah, yeah. there's like we gave Quest Aerospace uh, the go ahead to build their exoskeleton model. It'll be ready for testing in two weeks. I'm like, wait, they're building like the thing from like from design. In, well, in two weeks, like when we eventually see it, you're like, wow, <laughs> I they, mean, like, well, oh yeah, they they really rushed this one through. They closed well, that one pothole week. with the worst worst constructed exoskeleton in movie fucking history. <laughs> yeah, they were just like one week was desi- was built, and then the next week we just got pizza. <laughs> we're and, good to go. Uh, for anyone who hasn't seen the movie recently, let's describe this exoskeleton real uh, quick. Yeah, think of is a dildo with arms and legs. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, think that's of like a accurate. a glass toboggan with a man inside of it. And he's got like mech legs and the gun from a uh, like a like a warship cruiser like duct taped to his head. And, and it appears as though the arms and legs do not move. And it's painted tactical blue. And also, <laughs> it looked like his like arms were like exposed outside of the thing. Like, yeah, like yeah. Just well, like, he was the main part of his yeah. body was protected by that entirely clear piece of plexiglass. So I'm sure. Safety was not their top priority. <laughs> he, he also lifted off like those people wearing those like uh, water jetpacks that like like yeah. you know the, like on the beach. Like it was like the slowest takeoff of all time. I'm like that thing can't fly, can it? Like does it just hover badly like into battle. That cannon fires, which would immediately spin you out of control because it's mounted on your fucking head. Oh my god, Quest! How are you a company? And I mean, like, let's talk about like Oscorp had a fucking like. Hoverboard, jetboard thing. That it's seemed, way better. Seemed to be working really well. And that wasn't even their main event. Like, they had this super yeah. serious. He's like, I've seen it before. I'm not impressed. That's Next, their, please. That's their fucking party trick is a yeah. goddamn hover, like, hover fucking jet thing you wear on your feet and you throw bombs out of. Yeah, there's machine guns built into <laughs> it. And, like, and missiles. Yeah, and missiles. And, and a skeleton bomb, we yeah. find out. Yeah, yeah. yeah I feel so like... they, wait, yes, they invented a skeleton, a bomb that turns people to literal skeletons. Why all the way to skeleton and then stop? I don't know, but it turns people to just skeletons. And well, I really Quest feel gets, like oh, that guy, that military guy. <laughs> I feel like Oscorp really buried the lead with that. Hub. They were like, it flies. And he was like, well, let's we'll just we'll bring up the other stuff later. Also, I feel like Quest Aerospace is like a real Halliburton deal. Like the vice president might yeah. own stock in it or something. Yeah, He's like, exactly. just move it on, guys. It's now, just a bunch of his like cousins and, and brother-in-laws running that company. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's just the general's family. Yeah. Running, we find out when Peter comes tracker. home, we meet Aunt May and Uncle Ben. They seem mm-hmm. like a lovely couple. For some reason, we're told that Uncle Ben has lost his job, even though it never really comes back into play. But Peter comes home with like a bug bite, which is like a, a tangerine attached to his hand. And his I'm plan sorry. is, I'm just going to black out in my room. Hope for the best. I'm sorry, Poke. Bug Bite really undersells the fact that he has a wound from a venomous animal. <laughs> True. I guess I didn't even include the fact that it's probably eating all of his muscle tissue. This, supposedly one of the more intelligent superheroes on the spectrum of intelligent superheroes, has the bite from a, 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 a spider from a lab and is like, I gotta take a fucking nap right away. <laughs> Guys, I'm chilly. I'm sure I'll be fine. <laughs> Hope I don't swallow my tongue. <laughs> or any n- number of horrible results of 
fucking wound from a spider. I feel like in real life, if this had happened, the like the next cut would have been he woke up and he was just like in a bed and he had like no limbs. Like they had to amputate everything yeah. and they're just like, we're sorry, dude. You really should have come to the hospital. <laughs> the audience is just like, what the fuck? This took a real turn, guys. <laughs> oh, a dark turn. Now, we, we cut back after this to the Oz, Oz, Oscorp, where Norman has decided he's going to undergo the test, <laughs> which I feel like is just really negligible on everybody's side. But the doctor he brings in is Dr. Strom, the one guy who doesn't think it's ready for testing, which I thought was also an interesting choice. <laughs> but then he asks him for some drug. I forget what it's called. And Dr. Strom's like, why? And he's like, it, it activates the... It creates the catalyst when you breathe in the chemical. So the guy who was in charge of all the testing didn't know there was a drug you had to apply first. I think I figured out why it didn't work, guys. You know, like yeah, he was not informed. And then then Norman Osborn pops that shirt off in a way that seems like maybe he didn't have to. Right. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it doesn't really feel like they this, do anything. Like, I mean, he's just breathing in a gas. Yeah, I don't think your shirt really is like he puts one like electrode that on. That is true, but is just true. it's up here, like yeah. it's top chest. You don't need to take your shirt off for that. He left on his like, nice, nice like slacks and shoes. And I, I, I imagine when he popped that shirt off, I imagine uh, Strom's feeling a little uncomfortable, alone, yeah. in a laboratory. Yeah, he, he was probably just night. like, please let him stop there. Please let him stop there. Please let him stop there. <laughs> Sir, we don't need to. Okay, nope. So, oh, all right, so the so pants are coming it's, off now. It, it, it's not going in through your dick. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm really impressed, Norman. But can we just finish this? I have to go home. <laughs> Now, uh, this is also the first time, the first of, uh, I think, a few times Norman decides that after he drinks something, he should just throw whatever was holding it into the yes. crowd and shatter it, which is real good in a lab setting. Let me just yeah. leave a bunch of broken glass everywhere. Yeah, Don't if, worry, someone will take care of that. I'm Norman Osborne. It's I'm standard lab fare to finish using a vial of some kind and then hurl it across the room. Yeah. That's how you know it's empty, guys. <laughs> Lab safety. Yeah. Now, Norman lays down on the table, and they're applying these metal restraints to him. To which, all of a sudden, he just goes, "Ooh, that's cold." Yeah. It is so bizarrely out of character. It's like eighty yard in two or something. It's. I feel like it was just the first take, and they were like, "Ooh, we didn't (laughs) just check the gate, guys. We're done. Let's move it on." They were like, "You, you want to leave that in?" He was like, "Whatever. I don't care." It it does put this scene all over the goddamn board because you got Norman Osborn taking his shirt off bizarrely and then going "Ooh, it's cold then moments later he's smashing open glass windows hissing like a feral cat and like having and a seizure murdering a man. and then murdering a man <laughs> yeah which With his he, bare he, hands yeah he appears to murder him simply by throwing him into a shelf basically i'm like yeah, i don't he, know if that would kill him like throw him through like a safety window into like a computer shelf I'm sure he probably, like, went at him a little bit after that. That's like, a quality... <laughs> it's just just beating oh. him on the floor. Yeah. Oh, God, the, the pants came off after that? Yeah. After Again. That, yeah, yeah. The sound of his zipper. <laughs> Sir, we found Strom murdered in the lab, and just pants everywhere. Just bare pants just shredded. Yeah. We also found your shirt. We really don't want to know what happened. We're just willing to let this one go. Uh, we, we cut back to Peter waking up in the morning, and this became apparently Ben's favorite scene. I'll let him oh take it God. from here. Well, before we get into that, I gotta say, um, I did make a note. Credit where credit's due. We are, if you exclude the intro, like, obnoxious, like, montage video sequence, we're about 12 or 13 minutes into the film, and we're done with both origin stories. I mean, we got a little more to learn about Peter, but we're done with the, like, the the actual origin events of both characters. We've got a little bit of training for Peter, but, uh... 
To, to quote a man funnier than myself, if you got a superhero movie named Tuba Man, he better be playing a tuba at hour, at minute fucking ten. <laughs> like, yeah. I swear to God, no more of this. Um, and that's exactly how I felt with this scene. I'm like, here we go, finally, we can just go on. But getting into the scene that you were talking about, Pogues, we gotta set the scene. Peter, who uh, assumed that uh, the perfect antidote to spider venom was a nap, uh, or a coma, depending. Or, yeah. Dis- awakens. Uh, he discovers that his glasses are no longer needed. Mm-hmm. Um, he somehow doesn't notice for a good 30 seconds that he is of a completely different physique. But then we get to this scene, and this bugged the shit out of me. Because Peter is, like, inspecting this new body, which is understandable, considering that, A, this is a story where puberty is a relative element, and he's just now a different fucking person. But he... he while you can't see it on screen, he looks down and moves in a way that makes it very clear that he's inspecting his dick. He I completely. His pants. I just want to go on record real quick. I completely, one hundred percent, disagree with this statement. I do too because they've clearly shown in other shots he has jeans on. Sure, but he's like looking. He's like looking down at his dick. I swear to fucking God, <laughs> bring it up, viewers, listeners, whatever. Dig it up, you will understand what I mean. Yeah, listeners... And then he makes a line... I agree that the dialogue, though... The dialogue backs me up. to... Well... Because, well, because Aunt I'm... May is, like, like yells into the door, and it's like, any change? Like, as in, like, are you feeling better? And his response is like, oh, big change! And I'm like, yeah, you're dick, you weirdo, your aunt's talking to you. Stop looking at it and talking about it to her. What are you doing? Hey, we've all been teenagers. I, <laughs> I think this more says something about Ben, which we now what he does every like every morning he wakes up and he's just like, "Yep, all right, still there." <laughs> Sarah's like, "Are you okay over there?" And I'm like, "Yeah, big change." Oh, damn it, didn't work. <laughs> Who's Sarah? My wife. My wife. My uh, <laughs> God damn it! Did you really just do that? I've been waiting for you to say her name for four podcasts. But if you're listening to this episode, please add a comment whether you think Spider-Man's looking at his dick or not looking at his dick. Just and say, if you think spider he... dick, no spider dick. Hashtag spider dick. Hashtag, hashtag spider no, dick. Hashtag no spider dick. Hashtag big chips. Please go look at Ben's uh, fanfic page. It's called yeah. Spider Dick. Yeah, it's... it's the amazing sp- spider penis. It's, it's spider dicks and aunt Check it out. Check me out. Yeah, yeah. Real creepy. Now, uh, Peter begins to experience his weird... Oh, just jumping real back, just real quick, on spider dicks. Yeah, jumping Uh, real far back. Do you guys remember at the very first beginning of this movie? (laughs) You remember Uh, when Ben keeps talking about spider dicks? So, I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, Scientifically Accurate series by ADHD. Yes, I know exactly what you're referring to, yeah. And they also get into spider dicks. Apparently, they fall off. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> well, don't brag about it too long, Peter. Yeah. You so, don't, Peter, you, you've got something... You don't quite know all the spider yeah. things that have come over with oh these powers. They can't all be good. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if, too, in uh, the scheme of like the animal or insect kingdom, if spiders are known to be like, they got some sweet dicks. You know what I mean? So I don't even know. He might be looking down and be like, Ugh, what happened down here? This is a real... Gentlemen, we have our poll quote for the episode. <laughs> I want to make sure to add Pogues, his name, his full name. Oh, his, yeah, because phone I number. It's <laughs> <laughs> just me, guys. Nobody else brought up penises. Uh, getting off the bit, though, I gotta oh, say. Oh, yeah, we're getting it off. I do, <laughs> I do like this scene 
as we've already established, we know like, that. <laughs> no, I, I... all right, move I, on. I watched next, it a couple point. of times. I told next... Sarah to leave the house. <laughs> now, now, uh, at school, we begin to see his changes. His hand sticks to the paper on the bus that he misses. He gets to school. His spider sense kicks in when Mary Jane trips. I don't know why, unless she was going to fall and hit him. It really shouldn't have affected him very much. Mm. But he catches this, this tray, and in the room around him, no one gives a shit. Yeah. And moments later, he shoots webs out of his hand, and nobody notices. Yeah, but that's another point where it kind of goes too far. Like, maybe, maybe people are too involved to notice him, like, catching a girl and, like, grabbing her, like, fucking milk and a banana or whatever on the chilling tray. Like, maybe it's like, oh, oh, good catch, whatever. Um, but when he shoots fucking web, a couple of people should be alarmed in that sequence. Yeah. Primarily of which, fucking Peter! Peter Parker! Like, it's it's a, it's a little weird that he's just rolled with the super strength and the uh, the immediately fixed yeah. vision. But when shit comes out of your skin, like... Oh, yeah. Like, I would right. be like... And he's got, like, like, this, like, weird dot yeah. also where it's coming out. Like, where it hasn't, like... I guess healed yet or something like that. It's like still like your skin has opened and material has flown out. Well, <laughs> disgusting material. I would start throwing. Let's up. just get back to puberty, guys. Just there's well, a lot of stuff that comes out that wasn't coming out before. There is that scene later on where he's like practicing his spider technique in his in his in his uh, in his bedroom. By the way, spider technique totally a euphemism. Um, he's practicing his like web technique in his bedroom, and he's just like absolutely coated the bedroom, and he's like. Like, holding the door so Aunt May can't see. I, it, yeah. I gotta say, his, anytime he's in his room, I'm fucking creeped out by what's going on in that scene. It's, it's always gross. Well, he's guys, either... welcome back to Penis Talk with Chris, Ben, and Pogues. <laughs> Pogues, our, our Spider-Man episode's out, and um, we have negative listens. How did that happen? Yeah, actually, you know what? SoundCloud just took down my site. <laughs> I've also gotten a letter from a series of government watch agencies. Uh, Chris just texted me. Someone knocked on his door and punched him in the face. <laughs> bizarre. Anyways, uh, Parker gets into a fight with Flash Thompson, who technically, just for for Ben's sake, Flash is not his name. It's a nickname. He's Eugene. Sure. Is, his, is his name. But. Yeah. But do, <laughs> I know it's the podcast where we Thanks, should... Chris, for ruining it. I was trying to be like, it's not that outdated, and you're like, his name's Eugene. I'm like, God, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> I can't believe you know that. That's amazing. Um, but fair enough. Uh, so Parker just leaves school. New York schools are not great at attendance, or like I guess it's a real indictment of the public school system that he can just leave. Has uh, anyone seen Peter? Yeah, he uh, threw a man down a hallway and then did four flips in the air and then left. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So he's not going to be here for Jim. <laughs> there was like a tray dragging behind him attached to like some like white sticky material that came out of his uh, uh, horrible wound in his wrist yeah anyway are we doing are we doing algebra quiz today like what's going on uh well we get parker on top of the rooftops when he realizes by looking at his hands and he has these weird little sticky things on them that he can climb walls if i saw that i would be like i need to get to a hospital immediately shit is shooting out of my wrist i'm now covered in spikes which is going to make my newfound spider dick exploring that. That's going to be a lot harder. Yeah, Peter, have you seen the fly? Yeah, it goes great for like a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Brundle it gets spider. real bad. 
Right, and you know, maybe someday they would have gotten to the man spider story arc <laughs> if they really kept going with the God, series. Why didn't Sam Raimi take that on with Spider Man 3? That should have been three. <laughs> God, it would have been special. Now, we get this CGI where he's running and jumping, and it is some real bad CGI of him jumping. It's clearly oh, a CGI yeah. person with Tobey Maguire's face poorly put on it, and jumping in a way in which it indicates he has no spine. Or understanding of how physics works. It's really... He's like a rubber person in those scenes. Like, he's, like, stretching almost. Yeah. It's very not great. I mean, it's fine if you notice the CGI, but it should at least try to look a little human. Yeah, I mean, like, throughout this movie, you can tell instantly when oh, yeah. Green Goblin is CGI because he's not color correct. Like, he's not the right color. He's, like, really dull, which was, like, the, that era of CGI. But, like, you shouldn't look at it and be like, holy crap, this is just terrible. We also get a contentious scene here, which is when Sp- Peter tries to re- recreate the web that shot out of his hand earlier. Why he wants to do it again and not scream and run to a hospital, I don't know. Um, but he attempts to do it, and he, and he issues a bunch of like catchphrases in attempting yes. to trigger yeah. the spider. How do? Because I, I, I kind of like that scene. I do wish that Spider-Man had to say "Go web, go" every time he wanted to yeah. use a web. That would, or really that he change. had to do like the metal horns that he goes up and down. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's a funny shot, and it fits. Like, I mean, it, it's definitely super cheesy, and but it, it works in the context of the film, and I think it kind of keeps the the lightheartedness of the Spider-Man character. Because that's one of the things that I hated about Amazing Spider-Man. I just thought it was like you took you a take character. That back. I'll, I'll say this on record because you're not coming back. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man is is a garbage fest. It got bitten Whoa! by radioactive shit. Shots fired. Shots fired. Um, but also, but uh, whether or not you like this scene, again, I do. I think it's one of the only moments that Spider-Man is remotely funny, which is fucking infuriating. One of the hugest. Um, um, flaws for this character in the movie for me is that he never issues a quip and if he is attempting to be funny he fails he says something like gobby or he like makes some terrible like nickname for somebody or just fails to like utter a a, a remotely humorous thing it's so awkward like every single one of his supposed like quips and i mean like that's one of the best things about the character like he's 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 kind of supposed to be annoying yeah like well he's definitely annoying in the comics because a lot of his quips aren't funny then either In in the defense of this film, if you really think about it, Spider-Man does not do a lot while being Spider-Man. Like, there's not a lot of dialogue he has necessarily, and when there is, he's usually being, like, very serious at the time. Like, a lot of his dialogue is with uh, the Green Green Goblin Goblin. when he's tied up. Mm -hmm. He's serious. He makes that joke where he he tells J. Jonah Jameson to be quiet because the big kids are talking or something. That's... That that could pass as a joke, I guess, in Hollywood. And that's a bummer because Spider-Man is... Big thing is he's chatty. He's like yeah. he's he's bantering with a person, who, a villain who does not want to banter with him, and he's bantering to keep them off balance while he himself like catapults around the room. So to see him just like completely fail on that point is sort of a bummer. But speaking of humor that falls fucking flat, is the next scene right after this like catchphrase scene is he swings like a, a Looney Tunes character into a billboard of a car, yes, and splats against it with a cartoon sound effect. And I wanted to flip my TV. You over. know, they, they should have just like as he's like trying to stop, there should have been like a car skidding sound, yeah. and, and then just like like a record scratch, and then yeah. Uh, it, what's weird is they all right. That scene ends. He hits. He slides down in classic cartoon fashion. Then they cut to Ben and May, Ben and May's house, and it's dark out, and he runs up, 
and it is impossible to tell what time it is. You're like, has, is it just dark? Because he comes in, and they've already eaten. His uncle painted the entire kitchen by himself, and neither one of them are awake. But then he goes outside with the trash, and everyone in Mary Jane's house is awake, and then Fleish Thompson shows up with his car to take her for a ride. So it's like, is it supposed to be like 1.30 in the morning, or is it supposed to be like 7.30 and Mary, Aunt May and Uncle Ben are just like real early, you know, they like to go to bed early. I mean, I know they're old. Yeah. Not not to come down too hard on this film over and over again, but um, A, that's what we do, and B, this goddamn scene with Mary Jane out in the backyard is one of the worst in the movie. I mean, can, oh, we, can we disagree about that? It's so awkward, and it's not, like, endearing at all. It's just like... Yeah, these two, these two, I do not think in There's any no of the chemistry three. Yeah, they, they all, never get it in all three films. I, I just don't think they got along in real life. Hopefully, because they just do not have any chemistry. And then it is ironic that Mary Jane tells him she wants to be an actor. While you're watching the scene, you're like, "Ooh, your dream's not even going to work in real life." Like, <laughs> also, at, at this point, uh, uh, Mary Jane makes a veiled comment about her, or not veiled, excuse me, a direct comment about the fact that her horribly abusive father is screaming at her in a way that seems uh suggestive of physical and verbal abuse and 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 fucking peter's response is like oh my aunt can yell sometimes too and i'm like fuck right off peter yeah this is like, not the same thing this is you know that's not the same thing should be, be fair right now. she said the the exact exchange is everyone fights and then she's like your aunt and uncle don't so she brought that she brought that up all right that's and he was fair. like well, they can they can get pretty yeah, loud. Yeah, but and she's basically like saying it to be like, you just said the yeah. most asinine thing to me. I clearly live in a very abusive environment. Yeah, and you're like everybody fights. It's like we haven't heard one word from her house that wasn't a fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they established he's, that pretty hard. He's like screaming at her when she's going to school. He's like, yeah, just go to school. It's like, why is he pissed? She's going to school. Yeah, you go <laughs> learn. You better yourself. I got a wife beater. Uh, <laughs> but this, but this le- this leads to the most incredible moment of romantic dialogue in superhero movie history in which um oh boy mary yeah, jane yeah. mary jane makes a comment about peter looking taller than usual uh you're taller than you look is there a yes. dialogue a sentence that doesn't make sense no not at all and then his response is i hunch and her response don't, don't. but then flash thompson pulls up in a panty dropper and she's out she's like see you peter you slouching bitch I'm going to go hop in this car. Then we get one of the most fantastic shots in cinema history. I mean, this is this is a double-down sequence right here, because we get Peter in his room imagining what life would be like if he had a car. Which vaguely just yes. looks like Mary Jane's face with a car that rolls in underneath of it, floating beside him in like a vision sort of like old-school movie way. Or... Listener, I took a screenshot of this and I need to share it with you after this podcast uh, when this podcast posts because what you're looking at is a weird triple imposed image of a car kind of slowly uh, growing out of Mary Jane's static smiling face while Peter looks on in an amused fashion and it's the strangest shot I've ever seen anyone sign off on for a major film. It is a it's a very bizarre choice mostly because nothing like that ever happens again. There's a lot of things in this movie where it's like, that's weird, and then made all the weirder by the fact you're like, you're just, you're never going to do that again? Like, voiceover? You're just like, okay, alright. You ever watch the film, and then, like, there's a weird, like, wipe 
like or or, or something like that in the middle of the movie. Yeah, and it really takes you out of the like. Wait, where'd that come from? Just, just Star White. Yeah, you're like what? The, and they never do it again. You're like who, yeah. who put that in there? That's yeah, you what gotta I do it a bunch scene. of times so you yeah. like you don't notice. Now. uh... Peter opens up to the the car section of the newspaper, which I assume is also the car section slash underground street fighting ring advertising section, because right underneath of it, you can get $300 if you can survive in a ring with a pro wrestler. And as everyone knows, pro wrestling is super real. Yes. Also, takes anyone off the street. Right. Yeah, and offers... And then when he... Just... For a non-televised cage match. And when he arrives, it's not like... Like it's like worse than Bloodsport, the like the Jean Claude Van Damme movie. I'm like these. This yeah. guy is literally just butchering these people. Like he well, paralyzes a dude, which is played like, up for humor for some reason. This guy, like, how many people has he fought so far? Where he's just like, just bring on the next one. Let me just pound this dude. Like and just. Yeah, I feel like New York. I mean, I know New York is a huge city. You know, 25 million people or whatever during the day. I really find like you would have a hard time doing this for more than like a month. Like, finding people who would be like, yeah, I'll let this freak of nature, you know, just brutalize me for the chance for three grand. Played by the great, late, macho man Randy Savage mm. as Bonesaw... R.I.P. Bonesaw McGraw, is that? I believe that is his name. Who utters yeah. probably one of the best lines in the film. Bonesaw is ready. ready. <laughs> um, and I mean, this is this is true to the comics in that, like... Spider-Man got his start as Spider-Man, not helping people, but trying to wrestle for money. Yeah, not true to the comics, though. Awkward gay jokes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the The joke is very, like, I feel like it's one of those things that, like, it's not necessarily even, like, an offensive gay joke, but it's just, like, no, so jarring not. because, like, that is, like, kind of been completely removed out of Hollywood films where you're just like, oh, that was oh, kind of jarring. Yeah, like, what was it, like... Were you there when we were watching Bill and Ted recently? And there's just like one scene where like Bill and Ted just like just out there just call but both in unison just call someone fag and yeah. then just like it's like oh, I was so okay. so staggered by that. Yeah, they, they, it's in Bill and Ted's bogus journey. The robot versions of them throw them off a cliff, and then before they do, they're like, "But we love you," and they just go fags, and they throw them <laughs> off a cliff. And you're like, "Holy shit!" They just did a hate crime. Yeah, it's like that. That just wouldn't happen anymore. Oh, least. not at all. Yeah. And I don't remember that at all from having been a kid and seeing it. I didn't remember this joke either, even though it is very mild. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very it's innocuous. Nothing. But I think the thing that really comes through in this scene more than anything is the fact that it all points in his life. Macho Man Randy Savage's veins are trying to escape his body. <laughs> I will he, say, it's like he's in constant pain. I felt so bad. Every time they cut to him, I was like, yeah. oh, please, someone help that man. <laughs> so, like, it's like he's just, like trying to flex every muscle all the time just so he looks bigger and more intimidating. But, like, it sounds like it's, like, the the muscles are, like, squeezing the life out of him as he's doing that also. Too soon. Or not sound, but no. no, no. <laughs> um, I, I will say, I like the acrobatic fight in this scene, though. I, I mean, mm-hmm. like, there's some, like, web work, some flips. And, uh, well, I there's also means... some revealing of Spider-Man's powers to a large yeah. group of people. In which he adheres yeah. to a pole, then shoots webbing out, and no one seems to, again, no real reaction to it. God, you know, I didn't yeah. think about that at all. No one seems to have any problem with it. Not now, it, all, he's man. in a cage match with Bonesaw, who first hits him with a chair, and then is handed a crowbar. I don't care what kind of paperwork you sign, you cannot hit somebody with a crowbar. Like, that's assault. Like, he is trying to murder this man. You usually yeah. don't live through a crowbar attack. Well, to be fair, the uh, the wager, the, the waiver he signed had checkboxes for things you're okay to be struck with. It's crowbar... 
uh, chair. <laughs> well, what's great is in that scene, he comes up and uh, it's the Piper. that lady from The Help, Viola Davis, I think is her name. In like a real <laughs> early role, I was like, oh, look at that. I didn't know she was in this. But it's a verbal contract because they can't put Peter in the shot because they want to reveal his costume. So she's like, do you agree that if you get hurt, you won't sue us? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, go on through. I'm like, that's not how contracts work. There could be a crowbar. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Get in there. <laughs> she's just like, I hate my job. Now, uh, th- at the end... Parker beats him. He goes up to get his money, and this wrestling promoter who has been profiting off of the like the the paralyzation and possible death of innocent people trying to make three grand will only <laughs> give him a hundred dollars because he only lasted two minutes. At which point you would be like, "Well, couldn't he at least just give him two grand?" Like, but this guy's like a real—he really deserves to be robbed. I'm sorry. I mean, I know that it results yeah. in Uncle Ben's death, but I'm glad that guy got robbed. Wish the wish the guy had killed him too. Don't forget, I'm just kidding. <laughs> This is the promoter for the match he just witnessed where his undefeated champion was beat by a man with superpowers. And he seems even yeah, he's, he's the just most like, blasé about it. Yeah, and I mean, also, it's just like, he's not just like, oh man, you gotta come back. People are gonna love you. Like, be yeah. here next week. Yeah. Let's do this again. Which, which is, that's what all the comic stories did. Well, and that would like be Spider-Man what Spider-Man was the would star. Yeah. yeah, he would come he back for wrestling tournaments. just killed the, the guy's... The guy's a wrestler. Like, that guy, he's not coming back from that. <laughs> so it's just like, he's like, well, I guess I'm done. I can only give this guy a hundred bucks. I need to keep all this money. And then... Also, speaking of risking your life, the, he's robbed by the... Bleach blonde guy. The bleach blonde guy who was, will ultimately, you know, kill uh, Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. And he he is robbed by him at gunpoint with what looks like an intense Desert Eagle-like fucking massive revolver. And runs out towards the elevator. At this point, Peter steps aside and is like, yeah, you know, fuck you, promoter guy. Yeah. And lets him run into the elevator. Then a, an, a fucking official New York police officer runs up and says, come on, man. Or whatever. Yeah, you know, why like, didn't you stop him? All you have to do is trip him. Yeah. And I'm like, cop, cop, you're talking to... Uh, how old, Peter? Like, 17? 16, 18, 16 know, 17, yeah. He's not very old. Yeah. You're talking about a 17-year-old dressed in a fucking sweatshirt where he drew a spider on it. Yeah. And and, and he's supposed to tackle a gunman for you? <laughs> yeah. What I find weird, too, is the guy robs him. Peter doesn't stop him. He gets in the elevator. And as the door's closing, he says, thanks. Moments later, he goes and shoots an unarmed man to steal a, a car. I'm just like, wow, that guy is really just all over the place. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, pass the buck. Like, you <laughs> yeah. know, just like, manic. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm like, wow, that guy's a victim of some sort of bipolar disorder. He's, he's real happy for a moment. and I like that they bleached his hair so that in the scene in the warehouse, you'd be able to tell it was him. Because I watched this with my brother, and he was like, what the hell's with that guy's hair? And I'm like, I think it's just so you know it's the same guy. Because they were like, maybe you won't be able to tell. So like, give him real dumb hair. He's a villain. Frost his tips. Yeah, <laughs> like all villains. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, we get to see... You know, like Dr. Frost and... Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, you think it's a subtle reference? Yeah, no. <laughs> I know. I, is, there, is there a Dr. Frost somewhere? I have, I'm sure somewhere. <laughs> in the, they're I not think, real I think one of the killer Frosts in the DC universe is a Dr. Frost. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Let's return I was just going to gonna the, say, uh, uh, we get to see Toby, the first of Toby Maguire's cry face... Oh, oh, it's not good. It's, it's like, um, 
James Vanderbeek from like Dawson's Creek. <laughs> yeah, face. well, it's, it's very cool. similar to the uh, Spider-Man Two um, stopping a train face, which is also pretty atrocious. It reminds me of those yeah. old bitter beer face commercials, kind of. You remember those? Is that like too old of a <laughs> yeah. reference? That is Peter's bitter beer face. Yeah, Absolutely, it just, it's like somebody just held something really terribly smelling underneath of his face. <laughs> Someone gave him four warheads at once. Now, after all this, Parker chases the guy down, and the guy trips over a pole as he goes to shoot Spider-Man and falls out and dies. Uh, Peter goes home to a sad Aunt May. It's unclear whether or not she knows Uncle Ben's dead or not until he gets there. But we cut back to Quest Aerospace doing their testing, where we've already talked about the garbage suit. Yeah. My favorite part about this is this thing is supposed to be like a combat-ready suit. They're preparing for it to fight, and it's taking off. And he's like, wait, what's that? And the guy can do nothing. He just floats in the air until the Green Goblin blows him up. I'm like, wow, that, that suit was not going to be great to begin yeah. with. I'm really, if and anything, the Green Goblin just saved thousands of U.S. troopers' lives. Thank God. Yeah. Well, it's like, in addition to, like, just decimating the suit, he then, like, kills everyone in a, like, a bunker. Yeah. Like, like with, I don't know what, what kind of, you know, I mean, obviously there are, like, smart weapons that... Not, not the skeleton that. bomb. I believe, right, but I mean, like... <laughs> I believe it's supposed to be he throws a pumpkin bomb through the, the gap. Yeah. Which yeah. would kill them, plus the, the concussion alone would kill them in an enclosed space, but now we're just getting picky. But I mean, like, hey, like, that's that's your test right there. Just, like, send the, the army that, that a clip of that, like... There had to have been some officials that weren't in the bunker that yeah. just saw that happen and were like, well, there we go! Call up Norman Osborn! I know someone stole the glider from them Woo! last week, but, man... They make a new one! <laughs> yeah, that thing's awesome! Yeah, I also feel like in that scene to go back when they're like, we found Dr. Strom, he's dead, they also should have been like, and somebody used the 3D printer to make this weird goblin helmet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't know anything about that. Also, to point out, he destroyed an entire fortified military bunker mm-hmm. with one he chucked from his hand, he's yeah. riding a glider that has missiles in it still. <laughs> like, that's just backup number two. What's yeah. also bizarre is, like, there seems to be no investigation. Like, the military is just like, huh, chief of Bummer. defense is yeah. dead. <laughs> Guess I'm going to have to that's... pick a new one. Like, I'm like, I feel like that whole city would be on lockdown until they could figure out what... It's like, as if no one cares. They're just like, huh, must have been aliens. Especially a uh, post... 9-11 world that we're dealing well, with. Well, this here. was pre-9-11, yeah. so that right. sort of thing was, just went under the book, see? <laughs> yeah, just went right past. They just describe it also like, yeah. Later on, though, they just describe it like the tragedy at Quest Aerospace. I'm like, you mean like when someone like attacked like a military like testing facility and like murdered like a four-star general? Yes, like, I mean, let's be clear. His bombs glow green. He <laughs> rides a giant floating like lit up surfing board thing that trails smoke everywhere he goes yeah. it's not exactly stealth yes that is another I, I love that they included the black smoke as a reference oh, to the comic I, but I love that also the yeah, look of that new practical. glider yeah like yeah. when it's fine I'm just like ooh that thing needs to go to e-check <laughs> also yeah. I guess all my jokes tonight are gonna be from 1998 I don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah for our older listeners yeah don't worry guys I'm gonna work a pager joke in here for you oh actually I think I have a pager joke later uh, all you dads in here Pogues is here for you now uh we cut to the Daily Bugle where we get that pitch perfect J. Jonah Jameson. Every oh. part of it's great. I really hope that when they do the, the solo Spider-Man movie that they're going to spin off after Civil War. I really hope they bring back J.K. Simmons. He, he's just spectacular. I feel like he's improvising I... most of his scenes too. Like He's just like riffing hilarious shit all the time. Oh, and it's I like the him. background oh. stuff is what's great. It's great. We also get to see uh, Sam Raimi. Uh, brought his brother in. 
So, Ted Raimi. Yeah, Ted Raimi, uh, who I remember the, from Sequest DSV, another night. The infamous Ted Raimi. I remember him from Xena <laughs> yes, um, as uh, Jaxor the Mighty. Fucking nerds! He was, he's been in a uh, lot of great. He was also in Darkman, the uh, the first Sam Raimi superhero yeah, yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, he dies a very grisly death in that movie. <laughs> it's great that he's they like, brought him in because I don't think he works unless his brother has something to do with the production. Although I think he actually wrote some... Anyways, I'm not going to go into that because I don't actually have any details. What we find out is after this, uh, after the great scene... Oh, well, after Parker gets the money, he goes out and is talking to uh, Elizabeth Banks as Betty Brandt. Yeah, surprise there for me. Yes, to go to Ben's point, there is like an awkward scene where he's like, I'm a photographer, and she looks down, and it's supposed to be like she's looking at the camera that he's wearing around his neck, but it's like around, like, right below his, his pecs. That scene, like you she believe, looks yeah. right to his dick, and she's like, "Yeah, I know." And I just well, felt it's like almost it's, like, "Oh, go ahead." Sorry. I, I was gonna say it just reminded me of that scene in Anchorman where she's like, "You have a huge erection." Like, I just feel like if they had backed up a little, he would just be like, "Cause the way he's looking at her is so bizarre." I'm glad someone's backing up my theory that Spider-Man has a dick motif. Yeah, and for that one, it's almost like he wasn't actually there. Like they were yeah. doing the shot of her, and she was just like, "He's just like," and then Sam Raimi was just like, and then just. Then look down at the camera, and she's like, well, I don't have a person in front of me, so I'm not sure what height I should be looking at. Yeah, it feels like Tobey um, Maguire is like, no, I'm not doing coverage for her. I'll be in my trailer. <laughs> doing naked jumping jacks, which is his cover earlier in the film. For yeah. When, when oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm working yeah, out yeah. buck naked, as a man likes to do. <laughs> what are you doing in, in there? Don't come in at me. I'm not dressed. I'm working out. I'm working out. <laughs> I'm working out just my one forearm. I wish I wish Aunt character was just like ew, <laughs> just like laughs. I feel so bad for her in that scene because I'm like, you know, she's like, she went downstairs. She's like, ah, oh, Ben, he's jerking off again, <laughs> again. I, I heard him break a lamp. I, yeah, he's like, oh, he's, he's, I, I think he's doing it wrong. <laughs> we cannot clean the carpet again. Like. <laughs> he's gone through three boxes of tissues this week. <laughs> Now, uh, he just goes on the back of the door. It's weird. It's the like, worst. <laughs> well, because he can, he can his his window is like two and a half feet away from Mary Jane, so I <laughs> constantly watching her. Real creeper. Yeah. Uh, now we find out that uh, Quest Aerospace, which this seemed like a bizarre thing, they were like in the aftermath of the tragedy, they're trying to recapitalize. I'm like, so let me get this straight. They're one real big contract. Plus, most of their scientists and their head were blown up in this event, and they have enough money to buy Oscorp? And why did Norman Osborn sell enough of his stock that he could lose control of his own company? Just, oh, yeah, absolutely. Just did not seem like a good plan by him. And if anything, Oscorp should be buying Quest. Like, yeah, that would have. Uh, yeah, it's like the exact opposite. You're like, you don't buy a company that just lost literally all of its money. Like, because it would have <laughs> lost all of its R&D money on a project it no longer has. But. What's even weirder is they decide they're not going to announce the merger till after World Heritage Day, everybody's favorite New York holiday. Oh, I make it out every year. I mean, hey, Macy Gray. Like, She's got to work. Well, it's it's what you I love about bring that. Bring a bigger name. It's like that's <laughs> what you play know. It's a shitty festival. The World Heritage Fair. And what I love is like I imagine that like at the time they were making this, they were like, "Who's big?" And they just turned on the radio, and that was the first song they heard. <laughs> and well, yeah, no, and I remember actually like at the time, like I think like my. My girlfriend was kind of, like, excited, like, when we saw this in theater. She's like, oh, Macy Gray! And I'm like, what? She must have been the only one, because I think by the time this movie came out, she was done. She yeah. was just gone. And I will not reprise my Macy Gray imitation from the Lost episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, now, 
the, we, uh, the Green Goblin shows up with his with his smoke thing. People are like, wow, this is a new thing for the event. There's a cool little shot. This is kind of pointless, but I like when he's like flying by. He puts his hand out and like drags it across the balloon. I don't know why I thought that was just like a kind of like a cool yeah. little atom. Yeah. So I was like, it gives him a little bit of personality, and who doesn't want to do that? But he shows up and throws a bomb at this weird balcony that the board members are on. The one percenter balcony? Yeah, the one percenter balcony. And then proceeds to throw a bomb that turns people into skeletons, which I feel like should <laughs> always be your opener, Goblin. Just like, don't bury the lead. Yeah. That's where you made the mistake with the contract. You didn't bring up the missiles or the bombs. <laughs> Just go straight with skeleton right from the beginning. You think right. you think Strom was like, hey, when the military guys get here, don't just tell them about that serum. We're not done with yet. Tell them about the skeleton bomb. And no, I feel like Strom was like, guns in it. No, Strom was like, don't tell them about the glider. Who gives a shit? It's a glider. We, we all saw Back to the Future too. Well, also like, so Harry's there, yeah, and like he's just like, hey, do you know my dad's showing up? And they're like, oh, Harry, I, I don't think he's coming. And I'm just like, was this not a conversation? Like. That yeah, it, you had like earlier with your dad where like well, your dad's like I'm gonna murder them so like <laughs> don't show up don't show up don't stand by wheelchair guy uh, just, I also clear that guy I also feel like it's very bizarre that like you have no idea is it like is this the day after that board meeting or is this like a week later because if that's the case like his dad never called to be like can you believe it they're buying my company he just hasn't spoken to his dad for a week I mean, I can understand that. I can appreciate that. I guess. He is an alcoholic. I mean, like, oof, he's a he's a blackout uh, something or another. Yeah, he's at home um, playing chess with himself. Yeah. Uh, no, but, yeah, oh, so, like, I mean, I can, I can appreciate, as a bad father, like, not talking to Harry for a little while. But, like, I mean, like, you know, just be like, I plan on murdering these people. And, uh, granted, it's, like, the goblin personality is going to murder him. But still... Yeah, just like... Well, in his defense, I guess maybe the first bomb was to separate Harry from the already, like, the guy in the chair. He he menaces Mary Jane, yeah, and then leaves her to die. Which is an odd decision on his part. I don't know why he's so against Mary Jane. Because she didn't wear the black dress. and (laughs) He would have loved it. Uh, also, I just like want to point oriental out oriental themed dress for her to wear for that, but I guess it yeah. was World Heritage Day. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that it checks well, out. Uh, appropriation. <laughs> yeah. Is I not... that money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as as the uh, only Asian uh, person on this podcast, I, I'm gonna say you know I wasn't too comfortable with that dress. Not too comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> also, just side note, I noticed while looking at the IMDb page uh, that I have up in case I forget actors' names. Uh, the name of the uh, the wheelchair bound executive is Maximilian Fargus, which is if there's ever been a rich person fucking name, it's Maximilian Fargus. That feels like they just took a bunch of names and put them in like a like a hopper and just kept cranking it. And we're just like, all right, here's the first one, Thaddeus McRichstein. Is it bad that his first and last name sound like a butler? Like, is that going to be a problem? No, no, no. Let's roll with it. No, because yeah. when you get so rich, you have two butler names. <laughs> Uh, this scene is where we get the Stan Lee cameo. He grabs a, a kid. Uh, this movie is just rotten with children who would just want to stand as things fall on them. But there's Stan Lee cameo. He rescues a kid. Uh, after uh, this... Oh, go ahead. A cop A cop issues a Code 3. Which yeah. I have to wonder what a fucking Code 3 is in the middle of this explosion-laden villain and hero yeah. fight in the well, middle ben, of Times Square. you brought this up on the last podcast, so I took a little bit of time. I contacted the New York City Police Department, <laughs> and I found out what a Code 3 is. It is man on a 
you know, a very... Experimental military glider. Yes. With skeleton bombs. (laughs) Also, Macy Gray's in trouble. It can be either one. Yeah, because if it it had been, like, Smash Mouth, it would have been a Code 9. If it had been Smash Mouth, he would have been like, don't worry about it, guys. It's finally (laughs) happening. Well, and the, you know, the laziest thing is the Marvel Universe has established what the police code for supervillain attack is. I hope it's and code three. No, it's code oh it. shit. And I, I'm <laughs> trying to remember shit. what it is right now. Let me, let me little, do a little deep, deep in on my phone real quick. In that. <laughs> but, but one thing that, um, that confused me in this scene, I don't know why I didn't think of it until this scene, but you got a lot of really good shots of Green Goblin's costume, which, A, I don't love. Oh, uh, it looks... It's... Awful. It's like weirdly one one monochrome like green shiny color like he's a Power Ranger, and then the mask is static; it doesn't move. So the mouth is just sort of like wide open, like mid mid vowel looking all the time, and he's just speaking through it. And there's no reason why he's chosen a demon motif for his costume; like it's not at all explained. I mean, hey, one of the symptoms is insanity. That is true. That's how they rat made the rats insanity. Rat insanity. The rats kept carving tiny goblin helmets. <laughs> that would scare the shit out of me. Yeah, they the were like, you gotta kill these just like coming, like yeah, they they took the woodchip pile. They like, kind of just sort of <laughs> they carved demon masks. I quit, by the way. Yeah, and it's so weird. Because, I mean, like they establish in his like home that like he has like all these masks like all these tribal masks so like clearly he likes masks but like but then like why make like this like weird like green plexiglass mask like i honestly would have loved had he gone with like some a like a halloween type mask or like something like i mean i understand you gotta make it like a helmet to protect his head yeah you know like I, i understand making it functional but like i really wish they'd like really invested in the goblin motif and like had him put clothes on the armor, you know, like... Yeah, they could have done a lot. Like, what, the thing that could have helped the helmet is there should have been the scene when the guy's flying it in the beginning. He should have had the helmet, but, like, the mouthpiece is, like... Like, it has, like, a gas mask or something there, and he just ripped that out. So it's, like, it makes it look like a goblin, but it's not... You know what I mean? Instead of it just being, like, he somehow fabricated a weird, like... Absolutely, yeah. There's just... Yeah. It's just... And they never explain where it came from. It's just, like, he's got it now. Shut up. Yeah, I mean, like, that's just, like, what you're kind of expected to accept in superhero movies. Like, they got this costume. Whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, true. They don't really explain how Spider-Man gets his final costume. But no. uh, to move back, we get to, we go back to stately Osborne Manor up on top of this, this luxury apartment in which we catch Willem Dafoe, and he goes golem on us. He starts having an interior monologue with himself where he's playing two different parts. And also, this is the scene where we realize, as, as Chris just pointed out, that uh, the room is just lousy with these masks, which makes me believe that Batman's or Michael Keaton's Batman and uh, Norman Osborn shop at the same like rich guy creepy shit for your house store. Yeah, I bet you if you went into Maximilian Fargus's home, he'd have a similar display. Yeah, yeah. his is just like all, rich all like weird gloves or something. <laughs> yeah, he really loves vintage vintage warrior gloves. <laughs> Uh, after that, we cut back, and uh, Parker's showing up to give J. Jonah Jameson some more pictures. J. Jonah Jameson's saying that Sp- uh, Spider-Man was in league with the Goblin, which makes no sense, but whatever. It's classic J. Jonah Jameson. He plays a classy note when the Goblin shows up and wants to know who takes the pictures of Spider-Man. He doesn't turn him in. Did dig that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I thought that no, was nice. I- but 
this the the scene that comes up is the is where the Green Goblin gasses Spider Man, and this is and that's where it gets ruined. Well, this is further proof that Peter Parker is not a genius in this movie because <laughs> the Goblin says sleep, and then gas comes out, and Parker's like, I guess I'm just gonna inhale deep and see where this goes. You know, like I would just be like, I think I'm gonna hold my breath right now. We get the scene where uh, the Green Goblin is on the roof talking to Parker. And it's a real tough scene to do, like, a dramatic discussion between two characters when you can see, like, one square inch of only one of the people's faces. Because most acting is done with your face, usually. So you, get, you get a lot of, like, big mo- like movements. It's like old stage acting where they're like, you know, somebody 40 rows back can't see what my face looks like. So when I got to, you know, when I want to look happy, I got to, like, wave my arms or something. So you get Green Goblin just going all over the place. Plus he gives a speech, which I feel like is basically the end of the dark night where he's like everybody likes to see a hero fail you know they'll turn on you in a second i'm just like huh more awkward scene because his main point is that it's a lot of work it's like he's like oh it's just being a hero man it's so much work what's but it's like yeah it's like just, so what, what are you easy. gonna get out of it it's like hey come on capitalism like come let's, on. Let's, uh, let's let's build a terror empire well, it's also and, uh, weird he's like imagine what we could create and it's like what what do you mean like you guys are gonna go to the business I know this kid. He wrote a report on nanomachines. He's going to be great. <laughs> we'll bring him on board. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's too late. Actually, I read the report. It was just like, nanomachines seem pretty cool. <laughs> nanomachines and Us by Peter Parker. <laughs> and then a bunch of illustrations of uh, costumes. Yeah, it was really weird. Great graphic artist. Really feel like he yeah. should have gone into that field. <laughs> uh, we, this After this... Um, Parker shows up and runs into Mary Jane, who's coming from an audition, which we learn later she's coming from Brawless, so we all know how she thought she was going to get that part. Still got turned <laughs> down. God. Now, she leaves because she's going to go have dinner with Harry, and then immediately exits onto the only streets in New York that don't have lights or any other human beings on them, except for a rape squad, which just keeps getting bigger as she runs. Like, it's some sort of weird, like... Yeah, it's like, there were just, like, two guys just walking down the street, and then, like, there's, like, other guys, like, Further in the aisle, they're just like, hey, hey. Yeah, right, they're, they're right, like, let's just... It's like they're herding, like, cattle. Like, they're just like, we're going to run her towards you. And then she's like, I know how I'll get away. I'll run into an alley. Those are never dangerous. And then, of course, it starts to rain. Parker shows up. Mary Jane's high beams are on, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, and we get the iconic Spider-Man kiss. Ugh, which, which yeah. like, I don't... I don't see the appeal of that no. scene at all. No, it's... Um, it's, it's rough. And then they, they bring it back. They reference it again in the second and third movie. That kiss gets and referenced see, I again. And they keep being like, it was so magical. It has like, to so be something in, that, that, that seems... They really reference it? In movie two, oh, she's, to... Mary Jane is engaged and she asks her husband to lean over so his head's hanging backwards off of something so they can like make out like well, he, where he's upside down. And she and he's like, oh man, that was amazing. I'm like, why? What's what's nice about that? I had, and she's just like, oh, it wasn't as good. And so like that. And then and then in the last in the third movie, he kisses Gwen Stacy that way. Oh my god. And then she's like, that was our kiss. And I'm just like, gross, Peter. It's, it's weird. Like my favorite. Stop making women have make eye contact with your chin while you kiss them. You fucking yeah. weirdo. My favorite part about that is when she first pulls down his mask. You can see the veins in his neck. Yeah. Because, like, his... All that yeah, blood like rushing... Yeah, how long... Yeah. Yeah. I'm how just... long was he hanging upside down like that? I feel like that's not even Tobey Maguire. Like, he was like, I'm not <laughs> doing that. Get my stunt double. I don't care. I'm not doing that. 
Also, try and imagine an upside-down tongue coming into your mouth. That's <laughs> fucking a horrifying, right? I don't I mean, know. Try it tonight been... with your wife. All right. <laughs> Let us report back on the mini-episode. Yeah. Come back for the mini-episode, guys. Where Ben will talk about French and his wife upside down. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm divorced. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if she's put up with everything else you do, this is going to be the least of your problems. That's a good point. I, I she's like, will you quit making me watch these stupid movies? <laughs> uh, after this... Instantly, the public is against Spider-Man because the Daily Bugle's like, he's he's evil. Spider-Man shows up, there's a building on fire, in which we later find out it's Thanksgiving, and we find out that a woman left her newborn baby alone in a building, and I, I apparently her turkey, and just burned the whole building. <laughs> it's really her fault. Yeah, Sp- it really is. Spider-Man. No sympathy. Yeah, Spider-Man saves the baby. The police Which, come I up, mean, show up to say they're gonna they're gonna arrest Spider Man, and he's like, yeah. "I got to go back in because there's this woman screaming." And then we find out that it's just Norman Osborn just doing a great imitation. Like I feel like again, oh, yeah. this is a missed opportunity. Parker should have gone into graphic design and art. I feel like uh, Green Goblin could have been the next Mel Blanc. You know, what I mean, he could have taken yeah. over and started doing Bugs Bunny's voice and dad joke alert. Dad joke alert. Dad joke that, That's like, hey guys. No, I just, dad joke alert. I decided 1998 wasn't a far enough back reference. <laughs> yeah, we gotta it's go. It's 1958 for you we guys. We have to go deeper. Yeah. People I'm sure listening are like, what the fuck did he just say? <laughs> and I love that this scene's supposed to be this like epic face-off, uh, but we get Green Goblin opens it by pretending to be an old woman. Well, also, okay, first off, this building is, to get real California here, hella on fire. <laughs> yeah. Like, it is so fucking hot like, in there. 95% like, just swing fire. in, swing out. <laughs> You're going to have burns just yeah. from doing that. You can't sit in there. You are also the smoke. Like, yeah, right. Everything about this is just like... Like, if a fireman went in there in full gear, he would be like, I got to get I gotta get out of here right now. Like, I am wearing 80 pounds worth of stuff that's supposed to make me not feel heat and all I can feel. Just get me out of here. Parker's like, hello, ma'am. <laughs> and when you've seen Green Goblin's mask in previous scenes, it's just mesh yeah. in there. And yeah. it's metal. He's, it's no respirator. Plus, he's got strapped with like 50 bombs. What the fuck are you doing in there, idiot? And he's yeah. wearing a shawl, which for some reason is not bursting into flames. Like, what if nobody heard your screams? You'd still be in there as the whole place fucking Yeah, I feel down. like that's the end. half a city block and turned everyone into skeletons, you asshole. Yeah. yeah, and then what's great is he set all this up to kill Parker, and he's like, all right, time to throw a bomb that turns into spinning blade disc. I'm like, did you well, Did you just have the one skeleton bomb? Because I feel like, again... I, as a comic nerd, I'm so glad that they brought in the Razor Bats. Also, not sure I needed two slow mo sequences of him dodging. Yeah, those I really blades. feel like that scene was just like a breakdancing routine. Like they don't really look like they're fighting more than they just look like they're like jumping around and spinning. But, I mean, I like it once. It's just like twice is a little much. Yeah. Um, but but moving on. Uh, uh, I also got to well, actually, just real quick on this scene, I, I gotta say I do love that they do again illustrate the point that he's a street hero. Mm-hmm. Like, what other superhero movie can you? recall where someone's just like saving like a baby from a in the home. middle of the afternoon yeah just like just like there to like save save like a, yeah the, the average citizen from like a danger yeah, it's, it's not my night patrol where like i'm like swinging around it's like oh shit did you hear about that fire on whatever street like off i go oh fuck yeah so is this the part in the movie where the green goblin uh throws bombs at an old lady and makes her say the lord's prayer no it's, before that can we get there yeah well real quick we'll just run through um they cut back, uh, Peter shows up, at the, they're having Thanksgiving at their apartment, 
Oh, Norman's right. there. He's creepily leering at MJ, which super good shot. He also says that uh, his son should broom her fast after he gets what he wants from her, which we all assume is sex. Uh, yeah, that, that old expression. Yeah, everybody's favorite expression. I guess he went to the same place I did for references. Uh, he realizes that Peter's Spider-Man because he has a cut on his arm, which Peter decided not to bandage or treat at all, just to put on a dress shirt over and hope for the best. Now We've seen Peter's method of dealing with wounds before. I guess, yeah, he was like, I need a my, nap. <laughs> my fantasy version of how this would have gone is a version of this movie where Peter Parker is not actually Spider-Man. And Norman Osborn is just like, Oh shit, my son's roommate. He's Spider-Man. The, the version of this And then it's just like him just like ruining Peter Parker's life. Yeah. Like, what, what Eventually at the end, on? he's standing on a bridge with Mary Jane yeah. and no one's showing up. Yeah. <laughs> but my version of the movie, which is at the end, after the Green Goblin dies, they zoom out and somebody's just going, Norman, Norman, and they cut back and he's dying on the table from breathing in that gas. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like a real Jacob's Ladder ending where it's like the whole thing's just been Jesus. in his mind as he dies. Thanks, David Lynch. <laughs> uh, now, anyways, um, so we find all that out. We cut back to the scene where Norman is talking to his mask on the chair. Spectacular. Great action figure. Bringing it back to... Uh, there's an action figure? There's an action figure. It's plain clothes Norman Osborn. And then there's the armchair. And you can remove the goblin mask from the armchair from like the, like, the top <laughs> of the armchair. Wait, why would they make it removable? Like, what, you're just going to put it on? He's just now like business casual like, green sometimes goblin? Sometimes you just want it just to be like an armchair for him to sit in. Other times you want it to be like an armchair for him to yell at. No, no, it's, 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 so, it's so in case you lose both pieces and you just have an action figure of a fucking armchair, you idiot. Yeah, spectacular. Could you imagine that? You're like, what'd you do? And you're like, well, I didn't like the mask. So now I've just got like Norman just doing some business stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bought a small book for him to hold he's just doing some leisure time you know it's it's all yeah. it's me time he's catching up with the books. remember i feel like it talked like i feel like the chair talked my god I, like i'm gonna like, uh, i'm gonna do i'm gonna consult so uh, again if you just like lost the pieces would you just have like a haunted chair figurine yeah. <laughs> i feel like we should start i should start talking to my friend uh, aaron he sells collectibles i should just be like this is the movie we're gonna do are there any really stupid toys associated with it yeah, yeah like he would know is... instantly because this is the second film with a dumb toy. Okay, so... This is a new segment forming. Yeah, all right. Just, we're, we're looking at the pictures I'm right now. I'm putting that image up on the board of the episode. So, without mask, with mask. <laughs> it doesn't even look like it. It looks like Jimmy Olsen oh, yeah, no. hanging out with like, a like, Green Lantern mask. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's going to go up. Anyhow, uh, I, 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 that action figure aside, I do like... The um, the idea of personifying the mask as this sort of the the, the evil part like, of yeah Norman. that is the goblin and conceptually the goblin and Norman are two different people. I like that it would have been better if he was just holding the mask the fact that it's just like hanging on a very plush armchair it's just like that's all I saw I was like wow that's that was an interesting choice by somebody like. I just wanted that to mask was like, real chill. Yeah, they were like, and I mean, just leave it on his desk. And he was like, no, 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 hang it on the ar- the you know, the headrest of this chair. Yeah, just like people walking in and out of the house be like, hey, isn't that the Green Goblin's mask? Like, huh. just like, sir, uh, Norman, I need you to sign some papers. Regard- huh. <laughs> I mean, the butler, the butler has seen things in yeah. the house, like, um, as he, they established in the third movie, his... Um, again, yeah. jumping way in ahead of the movie, series. Yeah, we got to talk about that when that happens because I really feel like that butler could have cleared up a lot of issues in, <laughs> in movie two yeah. and three if he had just opened his mouth a little earlier. Now we'll get, we're at the scene now, Ben, where uh, Aunt May is praying the Lord's Prayer, 
and the Green Goblin blows up her wall and insists she finishes the Lord's Prayer and then just Look, flies away. I know in some movies the villain does some sick shit. You know, later on Nolan movies, we got Joker doing some twisted shit to people on, like, fairies and twist, testing the limits of humanity. But let's be clear here. The Green Goblin explodes the wall of a bedroom belonging to an old woman that he knows is there. And then he charges in, in full demon outfit, as she's praying to God, <laughs> and screams at her to finish the Lord's Prayer, and then, like, menacingly hisses at her, and apparently injures her badly, because she's later in the And hospital. that's technically I, well, not even the end of like, the Lord's I, Prayer. She has a heart attack, I think, Yeah, she must have, like, a like, fucking heart attack. Yeah. I think that's why she's in the hospital, because, like, physically, she looks pretty good for someone whose wall just blew up. Yeah, right? It blew out. But... But if you, if, uh, I, I mean, it, it 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 blew in a little bit. I yeah. like, I mean, like, if, if you like line up the shits villain shit villains do in movies, like this ranks pretty high. Really, I to mean, me, I'm like, wow, this was a real lazy attempt. He's like, I caused property damage, and she seems upset. I don't mean this moment alone. I mean all the moments. I mean, he's bombed military installations. He's attacked children. He's. Uh, pretended to be an old woman. That's a real. He's pretended to be an old woman. He, he's he's turned people into skeletons. He ruined the world's uh, heritage festival. He destroyed the world's yeah. heritage See, festival. I and now that is a plus. He's, and now he's, he's haunting an old from, woman from an entire set of Macy Grays. <laughs> yeah, he let Macy Gray live. Just, I mean, the list of things he's done wrong just endlessly goes on. Well, after this scene, Parker begins to realize that. Uh, there's a, there's a couple more dialogue scenes, but basically he realizes that if the Green Goblin knows that he's Spider-Man, and he's going to know that he loves Mary Jane, he's going to go after Mary Jane. So he runs out to make a call from a payphone, which I feel like today's audiences would be surprised. He calls her beeper. She won't answer. There's the pager joke. And she gets the answering machine, which I don't know if kids know what an answering machine is anymore, where they're like, how does it, how'd that guy just answer in the middle of a voicemail? But he's told to show up. The Green Goblin is set up on a bridge where there is a trolley of Boy Scouts making their trek at 10.30 at night across yeah. the... <laughs> I don't really know no, why they're all together. If it wants to be comic book accurate, that's actually the George Washington Bridge. Oh, shoot, just, fact just, check on the episode! Just saying, I mean, I don't think they ever say Brooklyn Bridge anywhere. Did I say Brooklyn Bridge? I thought you did. I believe you did. did I? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think well, I, listen to the tape. Hey, well, I'm impressed that I even could name a bridge in New York. <laughs> I thought I just said on a bridge, so. But this takes us to another scene of going too fucking far, because we've got this sequence, which I kind of like, where Goblin is balancing, you know, via cable, the Boy also, Scouts and the trolley. that amount of strength doesn't make any sense. Absolutely absurd with it. Yeah. Bizarre. Now, he's going to drop Mary Jane and the, the car, the trolley full of kids he does and spider-man instantly catches mary jane and then the trolley and i feel like you there should have been a shot of the goblin being like ah, ah fuck i didn't think that through at all come on all right everyone get over here sleep <laughs> redo this is where we get the uh, redo yeah all right let me try it again just bring him up here uh this is where we get the scene that has the addition. You can tell it's definitely been added in because there's no real shot that combines them where the Green Goblin's flying to hit Parker and he gets hit in the head with, I guess, like a cinder block some New Yorker had in his trunk. Yeah. And then <laughs> hey, that's, that's New York for you. Yeah, yeah, then they cut up and they're like, 
this is New York. When you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. And it's just like, that's a very, like, moments ago, you guys wanted, like, the whole city was against Spider-Man. But I guess now they are, like, you are. he's trying to save a trolley full of Boy Scouts who are possibly being kidnapped by their scout leader because it's very late at night. Also, the Marvel Universe has established that uh, human humanity fucking hates mutants. And if you want to talk mutants, talk the goddamn spider person. He's not a mutant, Ben. He just has radioactive. Yeah, but blood. they don't know that. They don't. They also, don't know the distinction not, of mutants. This is not the complete Marvel Universe. True. These are the only two superhuman beings yeah. in the world, that, as far as we know, has ever seen. Fair enough. Which is always that always bugs me. Where it's like these are the only like where it's like it's like this movie is like these are the first and only two like because superheroes they make more sense when we're like. Yeah, this is just normal, like, or rather, like, the way people react to them. Or yeah. Like, yeah, but then you get the a... problem later on with the combined universe, which is, like, you watch Captain America, the Winter Soldier, you're like, they didn't think to call yeah, Avengers? Like, yeah, Because like, those guns oh, are no. going to shoot them. As a youth reading Spider-Man, uh, particularly in the Maximum Carnage story, I'm like, okay, so this supervillain's going around murdering people across New York. He's been going on this, like, multi-week-long murder spree. Where the fuck are the Avengers? Where's, like, Daredevil? Where's, like, everyone else? Why is Spider-Man like, shit, I gotta team up with Venom because that's the only way I can defeat this guy. I, I have no other help. I'm, I'm the loner. Like, <laughs> if only I didn't live in remote New York City. Yes. There's so few superheroes based here. Maybe I can get the West Coast Avengers to come over. Yeah. Squirrel Girl, I need you. <laughs> Now, anyways, uh, we get the fight scene between Peter and the Goblin in some sort of abandoned dock, river-based... I don't know what it is. They're in this fight in which Spider-Man is just getting completely decimated until the Goblin's like, I'm going to make sure Mary Jane dies slow, and then suddenly Peter's fine. And, like, the classic movie motif where, like, the bad guy's going to win until he's like, you suck, and he's like, wait a minute. But what's really bizarre is at the point where he's getting ready to kill Parker... He just all of a sudden has a trident. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, no explanation at they all. They don't even I, show I, him pick it up from somewhere. There's just like a shot of Parker hitting a wall and they cut back and the Green Goblin just has a trident. You're just like, what it, the hell? Well, first it's, a, first it's just a spear and then it opens into a trident. It's like, where? <laughs> Why? We have... Because presumably it was part of the original military design. Yeah. So who the fuck was... And then electricity... Who designed this electricity shit? Electricity was shooting out of it. Yeah. Like, there's electricity shooting out of this trident. Okay, first off, doesn't make sense for, like, the glider. Like, it, it couldn't fit in the glider. It's not on theme. It's not on theme. It's not from the comics. Like, there's no reason for this piece of equipment to be in the movie at all. Nope. It, it, it's just very bizarre. I guess they needed, they couldn't have him, like, catch his fist or something. I don't know. But Parker ends up beating up the Green Goblin. And as he's about to be beat, he pulls off his helmet to reveal that he's Norman Osborn. And he he tells him that he saved him, but Parker realizes it's a trick, and he dodges the goblin glider, which has blades coming out of the front of it. Again, an interesting thing to sell to the military. Yeah, yeah, like, bayonets aren't super big these days. Yeah, like, yeah, especially not on experimental gliders. Which I feel uh, like if you hit somebody with it and you were on it, you would instantly fall off as that person's, like, torso would just smack into you. The glider flies into him... He jumps. There's this really awkward jump cut where, like, his hands are up, and then it cuts to a close-up of his face. His hands are down. He goes, oh. And then it stabs him in what appears to be the stomach until they cut back to him again, and it's straight up in Dicktown. 
It's yeah. right in the dick. And I mean, the original comic scene where this happens, it's supposed to be his chest. And, like, yeah. and after that, actually, the glider no longer has a point to it. Because all the other Green Goblins are like, let's not have a spear at the end of this, like, the, at the front of this glider, because that didn't go well, go so well last time. Uh, and this is just Spider-Man coming right back around to the dick motif. Yep. You guys, keep telling me he's not here, and I'm, I'm backing it up. Now, this also, I love the shot where he's just like, Peter, don't tell Harry, and then instantly just slumps forward. It's so bizarre. He's just like, well, I got that out. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, and it's, it's so weird because like, then Peter just like undresses him. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah he, Who knows where the costume? Look, went. he loved to be shirtless. Well, no, yeah. but he loved to be shirtless. Uh, at the end of this, though, we cut over to the last scene, which is the funeral for Norman Osborn, and Harry comes up and is like a huge dick to Peter. Peter's like, yeah. "Hey, man, I'm sorry. You know, I know how it is to lose somebody close to you." And he's like, "I didn't lose him. He was taken from me." And it's like, bro, they they shot Uncle Ben. He was murdered. They shot my yeah. <laughs> they they murdered my uncle and took his car. Like although I do got to say something, Ben. When you said this, I didn't realize this, but you are right. He brings back a completely naked Willem Dafoe and just lays him on a duvet and then runs away. Like I didn't realize he took off all of his armor. So at best, he's in a pair of underwear, which yeah. is just soaked in blood where he got stabbed. In the right, and then he wrapped him in a blanket. Yeah, yeah and I didn't realize yeah, how, that, was... that makes it even creepier. You're just like, oh, you killed my. Dad. Also, picture the scene where where Sp- Spider-Man's got his foot up on the wall and holding on the glider, just trying to unwedge it from yeah. like the the, the yeah. fucking groin of a grown CEO of a, a military right. conglomerate. But I mean, that like Harry Osborn's like. Spider-Man, like, undressed my dad and murdered him with <laughs> knives in his well, dick. Yeah, and then, yeah, like, you're wrapped like, a blanket around him. And, like, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty upset. <laughs> yeah, I hope he was dead before he stripped him. Yeah. At least some small I think J.J. Jameson's right. And then, yeah, I guess, though, it goes to the Peter... You think Peter looked down to be like, what happened to him down there? Ooh, <laughs> yeah. That is a mess. He made a tiny goblin condom. In <laughs> uh, the film ends, uh, Mary Jane for some reason, has fallen in love with Parker. It's kind of vague as to why. She kisses him, and then he's like, I can't... All of a sudden, she kisses him and pulls back, and the voiceover comes back. And you're just like, oh yeah, I forgot that's how this movie started. Mm -hmm. And he walks off and tells her he can't be with her because anybody near him will be hurt. He walks off, and Mary Jane suddenly realizes that Peter... It seems like she might realize that Peter is Spider-Man. And then the movie ends with like a kind of like a, a New York glory shot, which is nice, you know. Yeah. I don't besmirch any of the things they changed for nine eleven, you know. So I've I've gotta say also that ending, the the monologue of like, I can't be happy because, you know, like this is not who I am anymore. Who am I? I'm Spider Man. Uh, that's also how Dark Man ends. The other Sam Raimi superhero movie at this point. Um Although also it yeah, works, bro. The, the, yeah, no, I mean, like, hey, it works for you. Although at the end of Darkman, then Darkman then puts on a mask and becomes Bruce Campbell. And uh, we, we forgot to mention Bruce Campbell's involvement in this movie. Yes, he's the announcer at the ring. There's tons of cameos. Like, Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell are, like, apparently BFFs. Because, like, I mean, they work together on pretty much everything. Uh, obviously, Bruce Campbell, mainly known for Evil Dead. Um, Burn. And he's in all three of the movies. Yeah, he... Playing uh, different, different characters, yeah. Yeah. I just like to picture it's the same character, and he just keeps losing his job. <laughs> yeah. We're just like, oh man, this 
this wrestling match got shut down because we got robbed and like our our promoter kept chasing away our best talent by not paying them. Well, yeah, they called the police <laughs> um, to report the robbery and they're like, wait, what do you do here? You're running a Oh, my God! <laughs> yeah, oh, my... We have to arrest you, sir. This is a crime. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then he, he becomes a, uh, a theater usher. Not yeah. a movie theater, but, like, you know, just, like, live theater usher. Yeah, you're off back with something. But then he's just a little too rude, and so oh. they kind of, like, they have to lay him off. He's, he's I like this theme. We'll come back to this. A little too much attitude. And then he just starts pretending he's French, and just, like, working at, like, this, like, nice French restaurant. It's a, it's uh, a rough... It is a rough. Are you saying that he's who the he's the real protagonist of these films? Is that what you're getting at? Yeah, I like him I more mean, than anything yeah. else. <laughs> he is the spirit of New York. So speaking of liking it, um, we sort of talked about it at the beginning, so we can keep it pretty light. But uh, in regards to holding true to the comic, I think I think this is one of the few movies that actually does it. Yeah, I think that they it's, did. I mean, there's yeah. there's a there's a few slight changes. It's like where Peter's at when he gets bitten by the spider. Right. The exact what's going on, you know? They don't. It's he's radioactive, the spider in the comics, because everything back then was radiation, caused like every superhero. It, they yeah. they updated it. The Green Goblin, it, it, it's based somewhat on the same story. They change again. They change it a little, but the gas is what does it, and it does drive him insane. Uh, and he does have sort of the split personality. Uh, they they sort of merged Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane into one character. Which is fine, yeah. you know, and they, they kind of include the iconic uh, George Washington bridge scene. I corrected it for you, Chris. Uh, 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 you know, also, the, and the biggest departure is just the fact that his web shooters are organic. The organic web, well, the organic web shooters and then the uh, the little, like, talon-like oh, yeah. prongs that come out of his... But which, actually, that kept... That drove me crazy when I was watching the movie. The fact that he did not take off his shoes to climb walls. Yeah, that's... I do. I do like the web shooter change, though. I think I, I miss him fiddling with cartridges and stuff. But mm-hmm. for a movie, it's easier. It's easier. I, I agree. Yeah, I, I did. I remember when I first saw this, I was annoyed that they changed it. But maybe I've grown as a, a nerd. It, I'm just like I don't care. I don't know why. I yeah, don't know why it I'm ever t- bothered me. <laughs> exactly my that, opinion. Yeah. yeah, that nerd nitpicking is something I think we all had to grow out of yeah. at some point. And I, I would say, honestly, of all the films we've watched, this one is the one that feels to me like a comic book. It's got bright colors, which is something I think Raimi tried to do. You know, it's got that that real bright look the comics have. You know, a lot of the shots are composed to pop those four colors. And I, I think that it looks the most like it. And to me, it's the most like the era of the Spider-Man books he's going for, too. You know, it's got that yeah. light... But it's still got you know a serious understory. They handle the the Uncle Ben death scene really well. So I, I think that they stuck really close to this film. And I think as an origin story of a brand new character in an era where superhero movies are not the norm. You know, like now it's much easier to tell an origin story because like the the framework is there for everybody. You know, I mean, you get the idea that something's going to happen. They're going to become a hero. But at this point, they were like. How do we cram all of this into a film? And I think they did this one really successfully. This is not yeah. like this certainly isn't like an Oscar film as far as like quality, but I think it's a. I really, I actually still enjoyed it. And this was the first of the movies we've watched where I did not start looking down and being like, "Holy shit, when is this going to end?" You know, all the other ones. Yeah. I mean, I did that like the, after like forty minutes into Alien versus Predator, I was like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!" There's still this yeah. much of this movie left. <laughs> I was surprised how um, easy it was to watch this movie. I was just, I expected to be really bored and just like because again, I just remember this as being like the Spider-Man movie where like not a lot really happens. Mm-hmm. Or like 
it's it's the Green Goblin. He's just like he's a guy in a Power Ranger suit riding a flying skateboard. And I, I and I'll say that it. I think Tobey Maguire actually was not. I mean, even though he's like almost thirty at the point when they started making these movies, I didn't think he was a bad Peter Parker or a bad Spider Man until the th- until the third agreed. movie, which that movie's a train wreck. So I don't know how much of it's his fault. You know, I mean, I think with what he with what he had to work with, he did give it his all. But I, I actually yeah. like him. I think he's a better Spider Man than uh, Garfield. You are wrong. I'm not wrong. Whoa! Wrong. Garfield's the worst. I'm just gonna leave the room. And let you guys. That movie. Is, that movie's terrible. We'll watch it and complain about it. Uh, <laughs> ben, where would this fall on our list? We're we're trying to keep the running the running compile or compilation of our list of the films we've seen. Which where would this fall? I think it goes without saying that this would certainly beat out at least, but the very least, X Men and Spider Man, uh, X Men and um, uh, Alien vs Predator. Um, so I would probably go Batman, Spider-Man, X-Men, Alien vs. Predator. I think I might put this one first for me. Yeah? Yeah, I just found it to be, like, Batman's a, a good movie, I enjoyed it, but I did find it to be, like, slow at parts, where I was just like, ugh. I mean, there's only one really slow scene in this movie, and that's the hospital scene, where I was just like, I don't care, just make something happen. And that's like five minutes. There was there was more than a few scenes in Batman where I was like, I don't care, just get back to the Batman. So I would say Spider Man, Batman, X Men, Alien vs Predator. Uh, as a listener of all the episodes, to fight the fact, despite the fact that it crashes my phone repeatedly, <laughs> you're welcome during each episode feature. Um, I would agree with uh, Pose's order of uh, yeah, Spider Man, Batman, X Men. Alien vs. Predator, which I just I don't even want to, I don't even want to mention it on the list because that sounds like there's something redeeming about it. Like, well, yeah, yeah. The problem with Alien vs. Predator is is like it's a failure on all fronts. Like yeah. the problems I have it's... with Batman are almost entirely the fact that it's a comic book movie. I don't like. I think they didn't do a justice to Batman. X Men. I didn't like the changes they made based on the X Men story and a couple of plot holes. Alien vs. Predator is just a failure top to bottom. Bad adaption, yeah. bad bad use of a license, bad use of storytelling. So uh, that's going to wrap up our Spider-Man episode. Uh, Chris, thank you very much for coming back and uh, doing this again. We really appreciate it. Maybe we'll Absolutely. have you back for Amazing Spider-Man if you eventually change your opinion to the correct one. Uh, where where can people where can people find you online if they want to they want to talk to you or whatever? Um, you know, I'm not really big on public social networking, uh, but I guess Instagram, like, uh, or Xbox Live, (laughs) um, you can find me playing Smite on Xbox Live, and on Instagram at, uh, both of those are Chris Doom, although on, or on Xbox, it's zeros instead of, uh, O's. Classic. And, uh, yeah, so, Xbox Live for Smite. Um, Instagram for screen caps of my Smite scoreboards. And pics of you drinking whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and a lot of whiskey drinks. As, as usual, you can find me at the Disco Pony on Twitter, as well as the Strange Log, which is my comedy video game um, Twitter account, as well as therealbenchapman.com if you want to go and read some of the articles I've written in the past. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at It's Pogues. Uh, same for Twitter. You can also go and check out my website, artofpogues.com, if you feel like it. Uh, oh, actually, I don't know if that link's there. I sell t-shirts. I should 
probably figure out how to link that somewhere. Anywho, uh, you should follow the podcast, if you don't already, on Facebook at facebook.com slash naospod. That's also our Twitter handle is naospod. Uh, please post comments. We'll read them. Uh, this film was picked because my friend uh, Mark asked us if this he, he wanted us to see this because he had seen a little bit of it on TV and he wanted to hear us rip it apart. So if you got a film you want us to watch, suggest it. If you have corrections, want to disagree with us about something, leave us a comment. We'll, we'll read them and talk about them on the mini episodes. Uh, sorry for missing last week. Hopefully we won't have that problem again. All right. Um, I regret buying stock in Quest Corp. And I'm going to fire my account. Sleep. <laughs>